Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. $2 out. Welcome to Inside the Monster with Steve Peralt and Joey Capone. We are back. Episode 14 of Inside the Monster presented by Odyssey. That is Joey Capone. I'm Steve Peralt. And this is now a Celtics podcast. (laughs) Dude, I am so happy right now. Like, it's... I haven't been this happy about a Boston sports thing since rally cups it's been it's been since last october which in boston that i was gonna other, say dude that's other no fans time will be at like, all what are you talking about other fans will be like what no but i'm just saying when months go by and you're like just grinding out games in november and december with the c's that were tough bees obviously get eliminated on saturday which sucked but um that that Man, was just so been, insane that game was I insane been this happy since what seven months ago is that yeah what you're that's right a now? lot of time that that's a Let's be real. I know other like other you know cities, other fan bases would be like, "You guys suck." Like you yeah. haven't been you haven't been this heavy about a Boston sports thing within a year's time. Like, what are you talking about? Dude, the only but, thing that you're missing in that window is NFL playoffs. Like, there was no time to even miss anything other than that. I know, which is fair. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> but the, it was great. It was great. I was happy. It was for great. You. No, that, that was all awesome. I, I got some C's thoughts. Went to Game Seven. That was just so insane. We live right here by the garden, uh, me and Elaine. So, like, it's the vibes are just immaculate, man. Like, it's just absolutely mm-hmm. nuts. But the vibes with the Sox, by the way, uh, Sunday's Sox game doesn't count because no, the Celtics no, 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 game no. was going on at the same time and they eliminated Giannis and the Bucks. So, like, the Sox, veteran move by the Red Sox to understand the moment. They're not going to have some crazy back-and-forth right. game with the Rangers. No one's going to hit a grand slam. Tanner Houck's not throwing a no-no. It's They understood the assignment. They already won the series. They're like, Sunday is for the Cs. I respect the hell out of it. Right, and, and if you're listening to this, you might be thinking, guys, doesn't the same thing apply for Saturday and for Friday that other teams were playing? And, and the answer is no, it doesn't apply. And Steve, tell them why. Because it just doesn't. <laughs> yes, that's why. I couldn't remember. You're going yeah. You're going down You're going down <laughs> your path, and I'm like, Joey, floor is yours. And then you pulled me in. I'm like, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason. I don't know. It doesn't, but it doesn't count. It doesn't count on those, those Friday count. and Saturday games. Those ones uh, do count. Two-game sweep in Texas. A two-game sweep in Texas. You love to see it. Uh, I'll, I'll save. I, I got. I got C's thoughts. I'll save those for later. It's when mm-hmm. games that big happen. We're just gonna talk. I mean, I'm still coming off the high, man. Still like loving this, this moment, the energy. The streets were flooded. I haven't seen something like that in a long, long time. The I mean, Boston Red imagine, Sox. What's up? Yeah, I was gonna say. Can you imagine coming on here and trying to do a positive show, even if, even if they're winning a series, if the B's and the C's lost in Game Sevens on consecutive oh, days. You know what I thought it would of have been this tough. morning? This is what I thought of Sunday morning was I genuinely will not be dead or whatever based off of the Red Sox result. Any Red Sox result will not dictate my mood for episode 14. The mm-hmm. Celtics result very much could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not could, would, and definitely just, it just would have messed everything up. You would have lost the Bruins season and the Celtics season in back-to-back days. It's the first time in history they had Game 7s in back-to-back days. And that would have just made it tough. But now, yeah, yes, we lost the Bees. That's tough. Celtics are going to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Red Sox won their first series in a month. Joey Capone, shout out to you. You said next time we record, which is right now, 
Whoa. The Red Sox will be coming off a series win. And I can tell by your face you forgot Whoa. you said that. I totally did. I said that. Props to me. That's awesome. You're like, what, did I say guy. anything else? <laughs> yeah, what else, what else did, did I say? I say? That's awesome. I I will hand up. I did say they would also win game three, and that didn't happen. But I'll take the props from you, man. Yeah, no. Thank you to me. Shout out to me. That quote card's out there. I'm telling you, we're ITM, Inside the Monster. This new program mm. brought to you by Odyssey is nailing predictions. Like, to the point where I'm like, damn, we're going to miss all the important ones. Like, we're, we're going to miss the ones in, like, August and September where hopefully they're making some, you know, wild card run. But You're saying we're getting hot too early? Not getting hot too early. I'm sa- oh, oh, me and you. Me you and, and you. I getting hot Yeah, yeah, no, early. no, you and I are, t- are too hot right now. Um, we got to chill it out. We yeah, got to chill it out. It we got to start throwing this this Astros series coming up. We're going to have some weird predictions. So get excited <laughs> for that. But some main takeaways uh, from this series in Texas. Red Sox, as we mentioned, take two out of three. First thing, Joey, I want to talk about is Rafael Devers. Rafael Devers obviously is extremely important to the Boston Red Sox success. When he gets going, when he is hitting rockets, when he is just, you can't get him out. It is such a beautiful thing to see because, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I feel like the Red Sox are their most authentic form when Rafael Devers is hitting rockets. Like when he's really, really getting into it, when he's, you know, launch angles back, home runs, doubles, hard contact, finding gaps, the team seems to kind of go along with him. And obviously the issue this year, one of a couple of issues is it's been a three-man show. It's been Devers, Bogarts, and JD, and nobody else. And finally, for the first time in a long time, other guys picked it up this weekend in Texas, and it's not just those three guys that have to do literally everything. But that was one of my biggest takeaways from this series, was Devers is hot, and he is getting into his groove. And if I'm an opposing pitcher, I'm scared to death to face that guy. Yeah, dude, not only does it get the team going and get things rolling a little bit, it just feels right, you know? It just feels like the neutral setting, like the default at its purest form, what the Red Sox are supposed to be. I'm glad you're bringing this up, dude, because there's kind of endless talk. You just said it yourself a second ago that everybody aside from, you know, the, the three dudes are hitting 121 and they're doing they're doing this and they're doing that um what's getting entirely overlooked is just how good those three are doing you know what i mean it's almost like yeah those guys are doing incredible no hey this is a great point that (laughs) like we're just saying it and then we're immediately past it and it's like wait 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 wait, wait. we we have to acknowledge they're doing incredibly (laughs) like they're really not to not to fly by devers but like with xander like, I just casually heard somebody the other day saying, like, yeah, he's hitting, what, like, 347 on the year? And the rest of the lineup is that I was like, whoa, 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 that, can we like, <laughs> spend a quarter of a second, please? And just like, 347? I mean, yeah. Devers, this year, as of right now, is hitting 312. Yep. With a, oh my gosh, they don't have the OPS right here. They have, I'm not going to do the manual math. I'm not going to do that. That would not work. A high OPS, I'm going to say. Which is an impressive high number, Steve. Say, act, react like I said the the accurate number. Oh my goodness, that dude, that's yeah. higher than I thought. And nobody is talking about it. Yeah, no, it's not getting the attention it should. I mean, Xander in the month of April hit three seventy five. Dude had nine RBIs, one dong. So that that was the thing. You expect him to have some more some more homers. He's still got what he has two on the year, I believe. So the power yeah. isn't quite where you want it to be. In May, now that we're halfway through May, he's hitting 292 this month. Uh, so the average has come down a little bit. A lot more one-hit games. He's shuffled in a couple of multi-hit games there. Uh, went three for mm-hmm. five just to stay in shape in Atlanta in game one. But Rafael Devers, in the month of May, is hitting 380 with a 680 <laughs> slugging, three homers, 10 RBIs, six doubles. He's got nine extra base hits and 10 RBIs. We're only two weeks into the month of May. J.D. Martinez this month hitting 353 with eight RBI, three doubles, three home runs. So these two guys, Devers and J.D., Xander's going Xander's gonna to do his thing. Like it's, it's refreshing as a fan when you have the players 
that you know aren't really going to slump that much. Like the Devers slump last year mm-hmm. when he couldn't hit fastballs and they they were in Houston and pumped them like 50 straight heaters. That was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Like, how is this not being crushed? Like, you know exactly what's coming, Rafi. But mm-hmm. that has not been an issue really since then. Uh, and, you know, when they're really cooking, when these three are cooking, but specifically – if two, this is what's been this is what's almost been most frustrating about this season, is that you don't even need all these guys to be producing at a super high level at all times. Like they're no. all time talents. When they're at their best, they're in the MVP race, mm-hmm. and you just need the rest of the lineup to click to a certain degree, and like two of these three guys to be right. to be hot. Like it's not you don't need them to all be hot. So mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. That the season has overall has gone the way it's gone so far, because to your point, Joey, it does kind of overshadow how truly great these three guys have been, mm-hmm. and it reminds you you're always still going to need the rest of the lineup to click. Like you can, these guys right. can still be doing what they're doing, and you can be eight nine games under 500. So it's mm-hmm. it's still going to come down to the Kike's, Trevor Story, even now Franchi, who's obviously helping out for Dugo. Dude, mm-hmm. Verdugo, I we don't have to do a whole segment on Verdugo, but Alex Verdugo is just getting screwed. Like this guy, I feel like every series he hits an absolute rope off the bat before we talk about it a lot, before they switch to the outfield cam. I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. gone. I've had like 10 oh that's gone's with Verdugo this year, and none yeah. of them have gone out. And it's just infuriating. He has another one, he gets a couple RBIs there. So at least it wasn't mm-hmm. an out. But mm-hmm. Alex Verdugo's gotten big time screwed. He had a stretch there, they, like he was uh, screwed early and then screwed really, like recently. Uh, there was a, mm-hmm. a in between there where he was just cold. But now it's it's kind of back to like again. We don't know the state of these baseballs, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. The eye test it doesn't pass the eye test. Where no, I'm not like, even that, close. Th- that thing was gone, and then it ends up at best on the warning track. Yeah, it sucks because it feels like he found it, right? It feels like, oh, he yeah. figured it out. He's seeing the ball again. He's getting hard contact. And uh, the fates are just saying, you know, <laughs> kick rocks. That's what they're spell. saying? They're saying, <laughs> in the, it's the fates okay. native tongue, of course. Um, okay. Fate-ish. Uh, you know who else had another one of those uh, in this series was Story. He had yeah. uh, a dead center shot that went, like, I think it was, actually went 4-10. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think it was, uh, I believe Stats mm. said that is the deepest out of the year for the Sox, which really isn't surprising. Yeah. I mean, 410's a bomb. So, right. yeah. It was longer or just about as long as his actual home run. And things like that start to make my 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 dumb Neanderthal brain start going, Steve. Like, just, th- this is autopilot brain. So let me get there because I know that you're going to say something because it's the mm. thought I eventually get to. But okay. follow the path here. I was immediately like, standardized dimensions, of course, makes so much sense. Like, that should be the way it is. Of course it should be that way. That You hit 410 dead center in Milwaukee, or you hit 410 dead center in the Bronx. That's a home run. That makes a ton of sense. It's the only sport that's the way it is, blah, 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 blah. Um, and some people love the ballpark quirks. I don't. I don't, I don't care for the, oh, there's this thing, there's that thing. And I started li- making a list in my head. Of like, what would ballparks have, like, those, those little things, you know? Like, this place has got a wall. This place has got the da-da-da. This place like has walls. Truck. This place has foul poles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this place has bases on you dirt. You know, the baseball quirks, like a foul pole. Like, it, you're not you going to find that everywhere. <laughs> did I say a pole? No, I'm just, you know, <laughs> I like to say, you know, a wall. Like, like, no <laughs> way did I say that. Maybe uh, like a no. different sized wall. Yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, oh, they got a tall wall or something. This place has like a truck foul lines. That there's, there's the largest offender of that is obviously Fenway Park. Yeah, it just would well, I mean, be like, oh wait, <laughs> that's that's it's a, you know no it it, I, it comes in uh, in different variations. I mean, Houston's up there, obviously Yankee Stadium. Like, they, I mean, everyone's got their thing, mm-hmm. right? right? Basically, every Dude, park. For the, the Giants, part, you just can't hit a home run there. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I said wall, actually. I was thinking of their their right field uh, whole area over there. But I don't know, dude. It's a sport that, in its origin, was a very whimsical game. You know? There was a lot of whimsy around Mm. it, if you will. You know? You went to the game. You got uh, some peanuts and you whatever, right? I don't know if we need whimsy 
in the game any longer. I don't know. I don't know if whimsy is what I feel when I watch Major I League think Baseball. There's there's a good chance you've completely lost me with this point. I'm trying to figure what this <laughs> what this point. I just is. don't need these funny little oh. And here, if you hit it to center, there's a gopher who might take your ball. I don't need that, you know. And that's the what Texas, I felt. You're talking, about, you're talking about the Texas Gopher. You're talking about the Texas Gopher. Of course, I'm talking about the Texas. No, I was talking about the Milwaukee Gopher, Steve. Obviously, oh, okay. the Texas. The Gopher. Texas Gopher. Okay. Yeah, this is this is all going through my head the moment that I see stories 410, yes. which Sean is getting caught in the warning track. I'm like, yeah, man, this nope over this. That's a home run. Count it. Count it. Retroactively count that. Yeah. Is it? I no, mean, I'm, would it hurt? So, here's the deal. I know what you're saying, Joey. I hear you. Mm-hmm. It took us a second to get there, but I. Am such a fan of quirky baseball stuff that I just can't agree from the standpoint of what we grew up on with that mm-hmm. left field wall and mm-hmm. what I've seen in other parks. Like I love, I loved Tows Hill at that's Houston. so ridiculous. Though I thought that isn't was it the coolest thing. Granted, we brew, how much? A question for you. Question for you. Yeah, yeah. we can disagree on this. It's fine. Question for mm-hmm. you. How? How much did you play baseball video games growing up? Um, I probably stopped around like oh four oh five, and then I recently got the show a couple months ago. So there's a fifteen okay. year gap in the middle there. But I'm more talking the one around those years. Like you're how talking much? About. Like I'm uh, saying earlier on, like a good amount. Uh, I'd say like Griffey ninety nine to like Slugfest oh four oh five. Same, same. Like, I'm right. Yeah. I'm right in the same ballpark. But my point being, I would in that gap frequently play in parks that had quirky stuff because i just Mm -hmm. loved playing in that vibe like that was yeah hey maybe the guy trips on the hill maybe he runs into the pole i wanted to see if it was possible in the video game for the dude to run into the pole in center field that was in play when they said they were getting rid of that i got so upset like i i just i'm obsessed with Mm -hmm. quirky baseball stuff because it's part of what makes the game different it's not like you look at the NHL playoffs and the Bruins series is a terrible example because the home team won every game. But a lot mm-hmm. of times you'll get a, a six, seven, eight seed that makes it to the cup final because, I mean, every all the ice is the same. The dimensions are the same. It's not if you can handle playing in the road and the crowd being loud, which a lot of these teams can. They've been doing that all year. It's all the mm-hmm. same. It's just the location. When you mm-hmm. go to Fenway Park you're going to have an advantage on the Red Sox because you play there and you know that wall. In Houston, it's the same way. Yankee Stadium, I feel like they should be able to benefit from it a little more. Sometimes they don't, but you're aware if you can flick this ball to right, there's a good chance it's gone. And mm-hmm. so from that perspective, I do like the quirks. I, I enjoy it a I, lot, actually. I, I will say this, two things. One, I <laughs> I in, eavesdropped on a conversation uh, Kevin Euclid was having in uh, the press room at uh, at Fenway. Yeah. Talking about how park to park, he's like, I never changed approach. Like, didn't think of, oh, like Fenway's over there. I gotta, I gotta do this. Or like, th- yeah. or, th- what did I just say? Fenway's over there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> did I say that? I meant the the monsters over there. Yeah. Like, Fenway's in, over uh, there. Wrigley's uh, over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stadium's over there. <laughs> I'm not out there thinking of geography. You know. Yeah. You Salem, New Hampshire, probably there. that way. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he was saying like, you know, that's that's where he found like he got tripped up a lot. And like, I would imagine a lot of players, you know, feel the same way that they're like, they just go out there and play and what happens happens. And yeah. I don't know. It, it, from my guess and my eavesdropping on one big leaguer, uh, totally <laughs> correct. 100% correct on my end um, yes. based on my evidence. Uh, my other thing, though, there is like, like baseball is becomes such a game of le- of numbers. I mean, it's like the nerdy game, right? It's like you're su- like you're supposed to understand. This is all this these is the numbers. nerdiest of all. I don't think it's even close, right? It's it's really not. And like, there are people who devote their lives to the numbers and what yeah. you can you can create a new stat by putting these numbers here. I don't know if that like the the hard black and white uh, left brained. Uh, numbers of baseball goes hand in hand with this whimsical oh we put a hill in the field that's like look out for the the texas gopher it's just it's just a little weird to me they seem like kind of contradictory to each other that it's like how are you going to measure you know his defensive stats when he's trying to climb a hill to get no i know i i no i i think it is at its core it is a little bit different to gauge 
this sport versus others and what you're seeing and really get a feel for, is this fair compared to what the player's doing? And because there's other mm. factors, there's the park factor, there's the baseballs that you go, you go down the list, indoor stadium, outdoor, if it's cold, there's, there's a lot of just elements that will impact a ball player is, you know, Trevor story is a great example of, he went through literally everything when he came here, and the new team thing was like reason number five for probably why he has a slow start. So mm-hmm. understandable that that's the case, but you still want to see Story get going. Uh, candidly, this was a tough series to keep up with, man. There's too many games going on uh, right, in, right. in Boston, but Story goes one for ten. He had the RBI, which was two. what two the sack ten, fly. Steve, what's up? Two for ten. We're counting that home run. Trevor Story has oh, two okay. home runs. So he went one for 10 yeah. with the the ribby, and he's down to 196 on the year. He's hitting 156 in May. Just been tough, man. He's had a couple of games that have been good, but overall it's been uh, tough go, tough sledding for Trevor Story at the plate, and you know, ideally he can get a little more comfortable at second base, but obviously we're going to need more from Story. One thing I want to say about Verdugo, and it feels like it when you're watching the games, he hasn't had a multi-hit game since April 22nd. It's been a lot of one-hit games. For a guy that's been unlucky, you still think he would have had a couple multi-hit games in there. I think he's had 10 one-hit games in the last three weeks, but no multi-hit jobs. So ideally, Verdugo can get going, Story can get going, Kike can get going. And then, like we talked about with the big three, those guys continue to do their thing. It is nice. It is reassuring as a fan when you can expect good to great from multiple players. And you look around the league, that's not always the case, especially for where the Red Sox are at. They're, what, 13 mm-hmm. and 21? Mm-hmm. So considering where the record is right now, a lot of the teams that are going to be around your territory of a slow start here are just going to stink all year. They're not going to mm-hmm. – the Red Sox are 13 and 21. They're still behind the Orioles, which is really – that is painful. But, again, it's baby steps. At the end of the mm-hmm. year – it's pretty simple. Baseball, for as complex as it is and, you know, how many games there are, like we're talking about the quirks of the game, you just got to win series. Like, you win series to make the playoffs, and then you got to win series in the playoffs. And it's really yeah. not outside of that. It's really what it boils down to. If you need to explain to somebody that doesn't know a damn thing about the game of baseball, you tell them you play a bunch of series throughout the year, you got to win the majority of them to get a playoff spot. And then you have to win all of them in the playoffs. That's it. And that's that's the game. I'm not going to sit here. Like I mentioned on our last recording and be upset about a Sunday loss when they won the series. And when there were a lot of great takeaways, one of them being dude, I, I really like watching Franchi and it's like, wow, it's write it down. It's weird, man. Like, I'm watching these ABs sitting on the couch, mm-hmm. probably just shoving food in my face. And I'm just doing, I'm doing like the head nod thing of like, good take. Yeah, there we go. Good take. There, there we, we go. go. Like, he is constantly, Franchi leads the team in good takes. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this guy takes all the balls and he's getting screwed Dude. on some of them too. Um, but no, I mean, he has in this series, I want to get the exact numbers here for you. Franchi Cordero, who was hitting 269 in the month of May, goes over one with a pinch. Hit. So you said that was, ba- I mean, again, the, the Sunday's game doesn't count, but you said he he was out with bases loaded on Sunday. Bases loaded, two out. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a it was a tough one. He he looked at strike three. Uh, honestly, a pretty competitive at bat. But uh, yeah, watch strike three. That, that was a bummer because that was when I believe it was still five one at the time. Uh, I'm not the memory guy. But I, yeah. I believe it was still 5-1 at the time, so it felt very uh, still comebackable at that time. Very – maybe a little comebackable. I mean, five bases loaded, down four. Yeah, I mean, how often does a guy hit the grand slam if your name's not David Ortiz, you know? Uh, you know Frenchy Cordero one time hit a home run once, so. <laughs> You're like, did you see the Philly game last <laughs> year? Are you dumb? Um, but no, Franchi in the first and second games of the series goes one for four. With an RBI in game one, two for four, three runs scored, an RBI in game two. And this guy is walking, man. He's walked in like every series. He's just constantly getting the base on balls, and it shows his discipline. I know Jemai had a bite Mm -hmm. during uh, – Jemai went out to eat lunch. No, Jemai had a a soundbite during 
the first or the second game, I believe, just saying how Franchi told him that last year really stuck with him. Like last year, you know, his time up in Boston really weighed on him, and he wanted to be better at not striking out every damn time he went up to the plate. And to me, that's all you really ask for. If there's a player you don't necessarily love as a fan, you just want to see them work on the thing that drives you insane. And if they're doing that, like, hard for me to get all that pissed. Franchi has made a notable difference with his plate discipline. Mm -hmm. It is extremely noticeable. And it's just he's had at-bats that are actually enjoyable. He'd step up last year, Joey. And I'd go to the bathroom. I'd go get a snack. Like, it's the innings over. He's going to strike out. Like, nothing was mm-hmm. going to happen. And outside of him dropping an easy throw from Devers earlier in the season, there haven't been any, like, what the hell Franchi moments. Like, if anything, he's surprising us. And it's just been a joy to see, man. It really has been. I was going to say, there have been some what the hell Franchi moments. It's just been the other way. You know what I mean? It's been like a what the yeah. hell, Franchi? Jeez, look at <laughs> I know. All what right, the Franchi, hell, Franchi? let's go. I. I think it, just to pat Frenchie on the back for just like five more seconds here. Yep, that's I fine. think it's more impressive, arguably, <laughs> that he is walking at the major league level and not just, you know, walking into a hit every now and again, that he's not just, you know, getting the getting the bat to the ball against major league pitching, but he's seeing it well. You know? Yes. I think that, that that says something. That it's not just you know, they talk about how big of a, a, a difference there is going from, you know, double or triple A to the majors as far as just seeing pitching, just seeing the ball a come lot out of the pitcher's oh, hand. I was, yeah, yeah, a lot of the time it has to do with the lights. To like, you literally, it's harder to see the ball like coming yeah, out of the guy's hand. They don't have major it, league lights at these minor league parks. Yeah, no, especially like a like a an indoor, you know, like a dome or whatever, like the the fluorescent lights, or like you said, like night games with lights. Like Tropicana Field. (laughs) A lot of guys complain about it. Everyone knows the hardest park to play in in baseball. Uh, Mm. But no, just props to Franchi for for doing what I would argue is one of the the less appreciated hard things that guys do when they come up to the majors, and that's see the ball well enough to know to take balls. No, I I fully agree. I think that is one of the biggest parts of being a legitimate major league player. Can you see the ball well out of a pitcher's hand? And in your brain, in your dome, Joey, can you adjust like, boom, take, not a strike, not doing a check swing, not even leaving it up to the third or first base hump. Mm -hmm. That is a ball, and we are going to let that stay outside. Mm -hmm. Franchi Cordero, I believe this was Red Sox stats. I I went in doubt, just say this was from Red Sox stats. Walk rate this year, Franchi Cordero, 18.8%. Juan Soto. 17.2. 17.2. Mike Trout, 16.5. Is Franchi Cordero better than Juan Soto and Mike Trout? That yeah. says yes. Yeah, of course he is. Why are, so, you, why are we talking about this? No, I know. I Sorry. I don't want to bring up obvious stuff. That was stupid. Yeah. But, he's, he's also better no, than know. Chris Davis. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, of course he's better than those guys. <laughs> he's better um, than all those dudes. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, though. That, that, that's actually uh, that's wild. It uh, is what wild. A, what a turnaround, man. Not just for Franchi, but I mean just for the team. Are you just feeling better? Even after I feel a loss great. today? Dude, C's, dude. No, I, I feel <laughs> I feel great. I just want to get right back in a hoop. I feel great, man. I mean, it's again, Sunday's game doesn't count. The Red Sox uh swept a two gamer in Texas. And there were a lot of things to be positive about. Nick Pavetta with a little dude. yell action. That Nick was, Pavetta. I think, our first Nick Pavetta yell since running off the mound like a madman against the Rays. That was good. Yeah. His his best start of the year, dude. Uh, the bullpen game went better than expected, all things considered. Aside from uh, one or two or one guy, the bullpen oh, game went man. went better than expected. Austin Davis getting the start is is weird. That was like not my guess. I wish we did a poll. I really do to guess who was going to get the the Sunday game. But Austin Davis came out two perfect innings, yeah, uh, and then walked the I leadoff guy in the those. third and and got and got yanked. But uh, he yeah. looked awesome, man. Hauk looked awesome. There were still some positive takeaways, uh, even though uh, the Sox lost by six runs. It didn't feel like it, man. It didn't feel like it just because it didn't all look their like it either. I, well, especially when it's bombs, right? When you when you mm-hmm. get four homers, I think that can be kind of the the quick pain where it's like, wait a second, if you just don't give up a couple of those, we're still really close. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick Pavetta, obviously a really tough start to the season, and I looked at his ERA 
and what it has dropped to over his last five starts. He dropped it to 10.03. When you're dropping your ERA to 10.03, it's not good. Uh, mm. Five starts ago, then 8.27, then 7.84, then 6.08. After the most recent start, he's at 5.08 ERA on the season. Nick Pavetta is coming back to the guy that we had hoped he would be, and he's getting that pace, Joey. He's mm. got that pace. He's got that. I am hated by everybody, demeanor on the mound, and he's going to scream at the right time. Nick Pavetta has a good, he's got a good meter, a good internal meter of like. A screamometer? He's got a good screamometer. And it's something that I think a lot of pitchers, Marcus Stroman has one of the worst screamometers of all time. He'll get out of like a bases loaded first inning jam after like giving up a run. You're like, yell. It's like, dude, you sucked that inning. But Nick Pavetta. Has a really good screamometer. Seven innings on Saturday in Texas. Three hits, one earned run, one walk, four strikeouts. Want to get the K's up a little bit against the White Sox. He had eight strikeouts over six. So this is big, man. I mean, you got obviously Rich Hill good as well. Probably stayed in a little longer than we expected. And yeah. from his perspective, he was he's swearing coming off the mound. Because you, you know he wants to stay in games longer. That's been a thing. Rich Hill has mm-hmm. not been staying in games that deep. Cora pulls him the second he gave up a hit in Baltimore, and he's like, "Dude, what the hell?" <laughs> like, he's so, like, "Dude, you're either throwing a perfect game or you're getting your ass out of here." Like, I know that's, that's it. <laughs> and I, I think Spear had a tweet about like Rich Hill's on the verge of you know some historic stretch of starts here, not allowing uh, more than an earned run or, or whatever it was. But then naturally he gives up a couple there in the seventh. But Rich Hill's been nails. I mean, when he's out there, when he doesn't have the blister issue, he's a guy that consistently is reliable, regardless of him being 70 years old. Um, so, yeah, there were a lot of a lot of good parts of the series and a lot of reasons as Red Sox fans, which we are, to feel good coming home for a week full of baseball games. I like that Monday's not off. I like that we're right back to it. Like this yeah, is no, 100 percent. This is good to get right back into it and have that. Okay, now we got the Astros, mm. little ALCS rematch. I really enjoy it a lot. One last thing I have in this series, Joey, before I ask if you have something else, mm-hmm. was Kevin Millar's debut. We got to talk about Millar's debut on the booth. Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about it. Did you Go have anything else it. for this series? Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I'm just. I just want to celebrate us for one moment. Dude, or myself. (laughs) Let me pat me on the back real quick, just for like a second here. Um, I'm the best. Hearing, coming into this series, man, when I heard like Marcus Simeon was on the streak that he was on of uh, like just sucking better than anybody else. He hasn't hit since whenever. He's hitting 160s, oh, for his last 22 or whatever. I was like, we are going to be the team that breaks that streak. Like he's gonna, he's gonna get a hit tonight. It's gonna happen. Like he, watch him crush us now. I was, yeah. I was all negative, Nancy, about it. I don't know. And then I ended that same game. I believe it was that same game. Like happy to see Cutter Crawford getting some major league outs. Like <laughs> that's a turnaround. That's a, that's really quick. I was, I was stoked for him that he got to come in, even if it was in the eighth with a six-run lead, just to, just to. You know, get a one, two, three inning, see some major league bats. He's obviously struggled. If you see his baseball savant, there it's are rough. some some numbers that I bet you're not expecting to see. Uh, but man, he, uh, yeah, I mean, he uh, got some work in the ninth too. Just uh, happy to see him be getting some major league uh, pitches out there, man. And it was just a quick turnaround from where we started. So, props to the Boston Red Sox for winning a series. They won a series, man. It was a tough stretch there. I mean, let's just real quick. This is I've been looking at the Red Sox schedule like every day of my life for 25 years. Um, this is just a tough stretch, right? You have you start against the Yankees, you survive and get one win in that series on Sunday Night Baseball, which they they squeak out there. The last series win was in Detroit. You had to survive and hold on to that one, which was also mm-hmm. tough. You split a series against the Twins. Uh, then the Blue Jays come here. You almost steal game three. You don't. Gausman, Gosman, whatever was great. Tampa, we know what happened there. The no-no game that you should have won. Then you lost on the walk-off. You lose Sunday. You take one game in Toronto in a four-game, or you lose a series in Baltimore. You lose a series to the Angels. You lose a series to the White Sox. You didn't win any of those games. Then you split in Atlanta. 
You split in the ATL. It's always a little bit dicier for us, Joey, when they lose the later game and win the earlier game because of how mm -hmm. we record this show. But right. you win a series in Texas. I don't give a damn. Like I said last time we recorded, <laughs> I do not give a damn that the Rangers are not a quote-unquote great team. I understand the start, but I still they obviously have more pieces now than they really have in a long time. Um, you go there, you're on the road, you get a series win, you come home to face Houston. I, I will totally take it, and I'm honestly just pumped that we can go into this series with a little bit of momentum. Obviously, it's hard to have momentum when you lose 7-1, but I'm just saying series moment. You know what I'm talking about. Right, right, right. We talk about how this team doesn't like stringing things together. They don't like streaks. They don't yes. like anything happen back-to-back. But Steve, we've ignored the best, the longest streak uh, in this show's history. Nine straight series they lose on recording days. I didn't so want to talk about that. Why did you bring that up? Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I did. There you go. It's now we're on to the next thing. No, Sunday's game didn't count. Sunday's it game didn't, didn't count. count. Honestly, no. But I get what you're saying, man. A lot of a lot of momentum coming off of the win, and I don't and it was think Perez that, day. that loss was. I, I didn't even get yeah, to see Perez, Perez pitch, but yeah. yeah, apparently he was he was that good. Didn't take, but that didn't take the wind out of the sails. That loss didn't take the wind out of the sails. Nobody totally is heartbroken cool. throwing stuff over that loss. Real quick, Kevin Millar makes his debut in the booth. Kevin Millar talks. He talks. He talks. He talks. He talks. He goes. He goes. He goes. He goes. I think Millar, and I, I love him on intentional talk with my boy Steven Nelson, former BR buddy. Um, I enjoy that show. I think the nature of that show is to just kind of go. Steven Nelson normally sets the table, and then Millar just kind of, words just come out. I think he's a classic. I don't know how this sentence is ending, but we're going to go and we're going to find it. And having him in the booth with Dave O'Brien, it's just hilarious in terms of like that's the combo. I think that combo is a hilarious combo. Not necessarily like I'm laughing. I'm more like those two are so different. Those two couldn't be much more different at all. And I'm telling you, I tweeted about this, mm -hmm. that if you play the game at home, this is actually where it gets funny. If you play the game mm -hmm. at home, like I do during a lot of games, I check Twitter while the game's going on, you know, mm -hmm. on the phone a little bit, it chilling. Happens, it happens. It hap no, you just do that. It's, that's what you always do. Get comfy on the couch, get your snacks, get a, get a bevy, and... Um, and just check what's going on on the phone. Check some scores. There's a ton of sports going on right now. You got to, you got to, you know, keep up with it. Always, you know, listening. But if you tune out, if Kevin Millar is calling the game, I, I challenge you. This is the Kevin Millar challenge. Tune out for a little bit. Check out. See your Twitter. See who's texting you if anybody is. Unless you were losing, no one's texting you. And just check out for a little bit, and then tune back in, and you will have. Absolutely no idea what that man is talking about. The amount of times I'm like, wait, his daughter's shaving his neck? Like, is he singing Drake? What is, what's going on right now? Yeah. That was crazy. Real. That was a Absolutely wild debut wild. for Malar, man. Yeah. I mean, hit the ground running. He really did. <laughs> um, I th I'm going to propose something to you right now. I'm going to propose to you, Steve. What do you think? Oh, you nice. want to do this together, right. me and you? Yeah, Lifetime absolutely. Of happiness. Let's, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, where's the hey, wing? Hey, screw it. Let's C's, do it. Caesar trying to get uh, that ring. <laughs> um, hey, now uh, I'm gonna have as many Celtics references in this show <laughs> as possible. Yeah. Uh, here's my proposal, to you, dude. All right, I think we could have um, because oh, 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 whoa, whoa! Before we even get to that, what the hell was that? We won the series, Steve. Yeah, yeah, we talked about which it. means oh, wait, series MVP. We have to do oh series MVP. Oh my god! Oh my god! I totally forgot. I was like, we gotta say. I have a Holy segment hell. in mind. I was literally about to say because we never get to do series MVPs. I have another uh, segment to do, but no, we get to do this one. Oh my god! We have series. Wow. Oh my goodness! I wow wow. I'll, Joey, I'm not going to lie. When you made that face, you were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, there's no way whatever he's thinking is going to match. And it totally did. It totally did. We, For the second time in this show's history, this is episode 14, mm -hmm. we're going to get to pick a series MVP. And we each pick wow. our series MVP uh, for right. those keeping track at home. And do you want to go first? Uh, Yeah. We might have the I same guy. 
I was really hopeful. Yeah, I mean, I was really hopeful that it was going to be Kike, actually, after game one. Because uh, I was already thinking about the series MVP because I definitely didn't uh, just remember it right now. It's yeah. hard not to say Devers. It's hard not to say Devers. So I'm not going to try not to. It's Devers. It's Rafael Devers. It's Rafael Devers. I agree. He yeah. had 428 in the series, three extra base hits. He has the ding dong that goes off the foul pole. When Rafi, again, I, I know I mentioned it earlier, when Rafi's cooking, sometimes he doesn't, he just knows he hit the ball great. He doesn't even know where it is. Off the bat for that home run, he's like, I know I got good contact. Where is that thing? And he's kind of looking where? around. And then, it, and then it hits the foul pole. And it's like, all right, cool. I get to do my little trot. A sneaky thing that Rafi does that I just absolutely love so much every single time is the little two-step hop onto the plate. He does this little, it's the, the most kiddish. Yeah. I know we, I know he's whatever he is at this point. I think he's 16 years old. When he does that little kid hop, and lands on the plate with two feet. It's just so funny to me. Every single time, I do a mini chuckle every damn time. Raphael Devers, it's good. series MVP in Texas. I, so what I was going to say is I have another new segment idea. Now that we've done our, our series MVP, what do you yeah. think about doing like a best broadcast moment or like standout broadcast moment? of? Uh, I, I think if it fits. I think if, I think fits, if, if something happened that's worthy kind of, of thing. Yeah, I don't think we have to force it. I think we can just like mm. honestly... I'm glad we talk about it as much as we do because this is what everyone hears every night. Like you're, right. you're watching the broadcast, and you know, obvi- uh, you know, let's let's get the obvious out of the way. Shout out to Wei. That's one of the best radio calls in the game. I am the biggest Will Fleming fanboy oh of God. all time. I yeah, love Will love Fleming. Will. He's been great to me, and he's incredibly good at the job. So, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, when you're watching the game at home, mm-hmm. if you're not in the car, listen to the game on EEI. Mm-hmm. Then you're you're kind of trying to get used to a booth that has outside of Dave O'Brien because he's obviously the main guy that has a cycling cast of characters, and when you go from someone like an Ellis Burks or a fill-in that's you know a little more monotone, a little more chill, and then you get Kevin Millar in there, it is a hilarious difference of humans where you're like. Mm-hmm. What is he talking about? I had yeah. about eight what is he talking about during the game. Yeah, I, I for game one of this series, I as I always do, I turned the game on after like the third pitch. Yeah. And they I was begging them to just say who who is sitting next to Dave O'Brien right now? <laughs> I, I was like, who is this person? And I was like checking Twitter, nobody was talking about it yet. Cause I mean, yeah, it, it there's a certain air of uh, long-term professional broadcaster that Kevin Millar just said, nope, I do not have that. I do not want that. I'm not interested in <laughs> no. that. I, I talk right from here, and I'm pointing to my heart. Yeah. Uh, the moment that I'm talking about, though, Steve, that I would nominate for broadcast moment of the series was Kevin Millar asking Dave O'Brien if he has any tattoos. Yeah, that was What do, that you, was do? do you What do you think, Kev? That was... That was a stunning question. And with Millar, he has a way of asking a joke question in a very serious way. So uh-huh. a lot of that stuff is tongue-in-cheek. But you got any tattoos? I, I got to say, it was, it was stunning. <laughs> the debut was stunning. I'll say that much. It was absolutely stunning. I want Millar on here, by the way. I want to get yeah. Millar on here. The thing, the thing I love about Uncle Kevin is that we, I can just tell him, I'm like, dude, what goes through your head when you're saying some of these stories because they have they couldn't have less to do with the game. And I'm not saying that like cuz some of the best Don and Jerry stuff had nothing to do with the game. It's it's mm. not about that. Like it's not like completely avoid that stuff, but there were times where as a viewer I was just like what is going on? Like what is what is happening? There was like a, you know, Devers would have a hit and he's still talking about how his daughter shaves his neck. And I'm I'm just trying. I was just trying to figure out what was going on. But I want to have Malara yeah. on here. I want to pick his brain on on what goes through it during broadcasts, uh, because I don't know. I don't know what does. I don't know what does. <laughs> there were definitely times where Ob had to like speak over him to be like, and the pitch, the three. I one, know. I know. <laughs> Ob, hey, you got to give Ob credit. He has to adjust to a lot of uh, sidekicks. You know, He's they the they put a lot of people in the booth, and. He's got to kind of, you know, make sure the game is still being called. But that was, it was something. That was something. Kevin Millar's debut was something. Coming up next, we have a series preview of Red Sox Astros ALCS rematch. 
coming up next on Inside the Monster. We are back. Series preview time. Pitching matchups. Red Sox, Astros. Joey, what do you got? Oh, okay. It is a 2021 ALCS rematch between the Red Hot Astros and the also Red Hot Fresh Off a Series win Boston Red Sox game. One is going to be Garrett Whitlock versus Jake Odorizzi. Garrett Whitlock is a right-hander acquired by the Red Sox in the Rule 5 draft. Uh, from, you're never going to believe this, Steve, from the New York Yankees. And he's actually been pretty good. Uh, he's got a 202 ERA across his 54 appearances with the Red Sox. A 932 whip this year. Uh, and he's a 12.4 strikeouts per nine. Uh, thing to look out for with this guy. He's pretty good. Jake Odorizzi is turning his tough start around, bringing his ERA down from 9 on April 20th to 3.38 over the course of his last three starts. He remains near the bottom of the league in whiff rate and strikeout percentage. He throws a four-seamer, a cutter, and a splitter, and he works in a slider and a curve sometimes there as well. Game 2, Jose Urquidy versus Nathan Avaldi. Nathan Avaldi or Nitro as baseball reference wants you to call him. What? Is Nitro. Yeah, I, I have to bring these up when I see him. Horrible, horrible one. Uh, uh, he's a hard-throwing Italian-American from Houston, Texas. What? Hey and the Astros actually told him to kick rocks a couple years ago, 2019. That's you where the Astros that? play. They play. That's where Houston. the Astros play. So how does he stack up against his hometown team, Steve? Historically, not great. This lineup is hitting 377 off of him with a 1081 OPS lifetime. He could afford to bring that down a little bit. Jose Urquidy has been up and down this year, coming off of two hot starts, but they were against Detroit and Minnesota. In his three prior starts, he gave up 12 runs in 14 and two-thirds. Uh, you may remember Urquidy from Game 3 of the ALCS last year, in which he gave up a very cool six runs before getting pulled in the second inning. Game 3 <clears throat> is Luis Garcia versus Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta is Canadian. Uh, he threw seven innings in Texas, <laughs> allowing just one run. That should be every time, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Nick Pavetta's a Canadian, man. Uh, Taking on he, the Houston Astros, and he's from Canada. And important to remember, Canadian, born north of the border. Uh, yeah, I mean, you already said it, man, but he's continuing to improve his ERA. That's five starts in a row now where his ERA is moving in the right direction. Luis Garcia chose the slab for the Astros in the series finale. Garcia is a top 10 prospect and expected to get a contract offer from Dancing with the Stars on the other side of his playing career. Come on, Steve. That's oh a little God, joke. I he does the joke. guy. I yeah, no, he's the guy. worst. Expect the broadcast to have a lot of fun with that delivery. They will oh. talk about it. He tossed five scoreless innings in Minnesota last week, striking out nine. He's near the top of the league this year in expected batting average and expected ERA. And he also ranks number one in hair. I'm not sure if I love or hate. And ranks that. number one in pissing me off. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's that's such like a bumper sticker coffee mug <laughs> kind of kind of thing to say. Ranks number one in pissing off whoever. All right, uh, and that is your pitching preview, Steve. That was a great pitching preview, I must Thanks, say. Man. Oh man, I fr see when you're we get so locked in on like the series that is happening or just finished that mm. I genuinely I really look forward to your pitching matchups, Joey, because. Half the time, I don't know what they are, and it's like I like having a natural reaction based on what you're saying. That guy, Luis Garcia, drives me nuts. It is the most annoying windup I've ever seen in the history of baseball. It looks mm -hmm. illegal. It doesn't – like I understand yeah. he's not doing that with guys on base, but it's like, what are you doing? I, don't, I genuinely don't know how that gets him – in a better rhythm is the whole thing just so that the hitters like when is he coming i'm sure that's I think part it's of it in his head i would guess it's because like it's just his uh routine like i've, I've got to do it this is how i get my muscles his routine going, sucks get a little rhythm it's the worst it's like a video game like where you're mashing x you're like go 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 skip, skip i know skip. you know i can't wow i might just go to wednesday just to stare at him the whole time and be <laughs> angry but yeah this is going to be a hell of a series man i think a lot of times I base my opinions on other teams in the league initially, 
off of seeing them at Fenway in April, May, and June. And the Astros, when the Astros are in town, you know, since they sucked, whatever, seven years ago, eight years ago, Mm -hmm. it always seems to matter. The last, like, four or five years, five five plus years at this point, they've had a long run, man. They've had a long run. And when they're in town, it's like, oh, okay, big boys are here. You're not going to get a lot of Scribinos on the other end. So it always feels a little yeah. different when Houston's here. And obviously, you got the Cora connection. There's there's a lot. They got a lot of history between these two teams. They've eliminated each other from the playoffs. Uh, you know, what, three of the last five playoffs they've matched up in, in the postseason. So yeah, it, it happens when it happens. When this series happens, it's a little different. It feels a little different, and the vibes are a little different, and... I did not know the Astros have won 12 of their last 13 games. I just looked yeah, that up while right you were doing the pitching matchup. Yeah, that is I think concerning. part of what you're saying about like why it feels so big is that Houston travels really well up here. I don't they know do. why that is. I don't know. Yeah. It's like it's like the, you know, like people from New England retire to Florida. Maybe it's like Houston yeah. people all retire to Boston or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's, it there. looks and they have uh, sometimes when they wear those Big old orange cowboy foam hats. They look so annoying, but I respect. I I will always tip my cap to road fans, especially if you're coming up from Houston. It's not like you can just take the train. Like you gotta, you gotta really earn that trip. So I do appreciate road fans coming to Fenway. But yeah, expect a, a hell of a series. Predictions. I'm just gonna do this one off the top of the dome. Trevor Story's gonna hit a no doubter. I'm back Ooh. on my story stuff. Wait, did we did we get the <laughs> Did we get the weather update? I'm doing my prediction first. Oh, you're doing the prediction first. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't forget right. the weather. Okay. I'm just, I'm just saying go, I got... No, I know. Pitching the, that's all. That's all. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. No, that's fair. I was, I'm was. i just saying I wanted to get my prediction out of the way. Story hitting mm-hmm. a mega bomb. Uh, but weather update for this series. Monday. Monday, Monday. The game is at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. 7.10. Whatever. Chance of rain. Chance of rain Monday night is 38%. It's going to be in the upper 50s. I'd say bring a raincoat or a light jacket. Tuesday, it's going to be windy. A little windier on Tuesday. Low 50s at nighttime when the old ball game is. So it's going to be a little cool. A little cool on Tuesday. I know it's been warm the last few days. We're getting back in that. It's going to be, I mean, weather during the day is going to be nice. We're looking at low 70s. So weather during That's the day is going to be being around the old ball yard this week will be nice. It'll be nice to hit up those bars and, ch- and you know, dominate the area. If you're doing that, have fun responsibly and, and enjoy yourself. Wednesday, 6 p.m. start, 610. It's going to be very similar to Tuesday. Uh, lower Low 50s, not going to rain. I think the only real potential rain issue is, is Monday. So that is your weather nice. update. The Astros, like I mentioned, have won 12 of their last 13. They are hot. The Red Sox are giving out headbands on Monday. Just a fun fact. They're giving out 7,000 headbands. Is it like Verdugo headbands or is it like Nah, it's just via New Balance. It actually looks pretty cool. I I would definitely say get there early. Get yourself a headband on Monday night. And yeah, I got Trevor Story hitting a bomb. What do you got? For a prediction here? Yep. Oh, goodness, Steve. I... I'm going to say Urquidy comes out early again. I'm going to say Urquidy doesn't make it out of the third. Coming up next, we are wrapping up episode 14 with our closing thoughts on Inside the Monster. Alrighty, folks. It is closing thoughts time here on ITM. Joey, you want to start? Do you want me to start? Uh, yeah, I'm fine with either. All right. So last episode, I threw out a closing thought about at Red Sox stats. Do you remember that, Steve? Are you and about you, to like double down on a closing thought? Yeah, what do you got? And you said, good luck. Oh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're not going to find out. Unless you're just about to tell me right now. You're just, yeah, I know. <laughs> 48 hours, Steve. It took me 48 hours what are you talking 100% confirmation on the identity of Red Sox stats. Did stats and just the, tell you? No. Nope. What are you I talking about? All, right, all right, explain. Explain. Z- 
Well, here's the thing, Steve. You don't want to know, and I'm definitely not in the business of outing him. He seems like he oh, wants oh, to be. Oh, let me tell you, you know, one thing. That yeah. no, you're not going to say who it is. I'm saying no, explain. no, no. But that, that's the thing. It's like I can't go into detail about like. Well, first I did this, and then I crossed it with this, and I I checked with this person like to do this. I can't do yeah. all that because it's going to start to give. You're in a pickle because if you want to know how I know or even confirm that I do, there's details that have to come your way. What I'm not going to give you any kind of hint, any whatever. I don't want. Uh, it, yeah. But but I do I do wish Stats's DMs were open or because I'd like to just give a, a confirmation of like a hey did I solve the mystery? And also I'm not planning on on outing anybody. That's not my game. I just wanted to play the game. I wanted to solve the mystery. And uh, it has been done. All right. So Joey's closing thought is that he thinks he knows who Red Sox stats is. Um, I know. Whoever's lying to you, props to them. <laughs> yeah. Someone just, just someone. You think someone just texted me and was like, "Hey, it's Veritech," and I was like, "Oh, okay, oh I got it." <laughs> I I do love people talking about like, "Oh, dude, I think it's Heim, dude." I think I think stats is Heim, dude. Do you know? <laughs> the accounts existed for like ten years. <laughs> I know. Heim's been planning this the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a. That would be quite a development. I don't. I'm not going to ask a word about something I don't want to know about. So. No, but it's nice that I know and I have that. So I mean, what, think twice, Steve. Think twice before you cross me, brother. Unless you want to know you. who stats is. I got a closing thought here. I just got to break down some some takeaways from Game Seven at the Garden. All right, I got some takeaways, and I just got to say them because they're in the brain, and then, you know, we do a podcast, so I'm going to say them. Celtics beat the Bucs. Celtics crush. The Celtics crush the Bucs, which is stunning. I still can't believe they dominated that game. Went with the lane. We were sitting next to – it's always nice when you have people around you that are, like, cool, that you can, like, talk to, and they're not, like, annoying. Like, I was sitting next to some dad, and he was just – it was immaculate vibes. You know, like, we were really nice. talking hoop, and it was just fun. So shout out to that guy. Um, but I got some takeaways, Joey. Some about the game, some not. If you are a human, if you're a male specifically, that goes into the exit side of the bathroom to oh. cut the bathroom line, get the hell out. Like literally get out of the bathroom and go wait in the line. Like I, I saw multiple dudes do that. There was a long line for the bathroom at halftime of the Celtics-Bucks game. Multiple guys did the little slide in through the exit and blend into the line. If you're listening now and you do that, there's time to fix yourself, all right? Don't do that anymore. Yeah, go to therapy. It's all-time loser move. It's an all-time loser move. Don't do that. That is such a no-no. Uh, Grant Williams. Got to talk about Grant Williams real quick. I, I think people have really been all, you know, fussy on, on the Twitter machine. I'm just, I've never been a Grant Williams fan. I've always had one person on the Celtics that I don't really like, and Grant Williams is that guy. And I enjoy having a guy where I'm like, ah, damn it. Like, it's nice to have that guy. And I've always had one. And Grant Williams, it used to be Kelly Olynyk, and now it's Grant Williams. And that's just kind of how it goes. He was pretty bad for the majority of the series. Let's not forget that. But my main point here, Joey, Dude has a great game seven. I'm not taking that away from him. A career high in points, I believe. He still missed 11 threes. But I just hate the people that are so front-runner-ish on Twitter where it's like when I tweeted out tough series for Grant Williams supporters, it was a tough series to that point for Grant Williams supporters. I don't like people after the fact that quote tweet a tweet and they're like, oh, this looks so stupid. It's like, yeah, now that you have all the results to the test, like it's he had two games that were good out of seven. If my math is right, he was majority bad. So let's let's pump the brakes on some of the Grant Williams stuff. But I got to tip my cap to him. Uh, that is an all-time game for him, and the Celtics are moving on. So that was great to see. Person in front of us was FaceTiming during the game. Just don't do that. Don't FaceTime at the game. It's just just watch the game. You know? Was do you have thoughts the on Bucks that? kids? No, yeah, the Bucks kids. Oh, it wasn't, I was, it wasn't I was them. in there. I was in their ear the whole time. I was yeah, being I, a, I, I was <laughs> being a jerk. But it wasn't. I wasn't crossing any lines. I was just like, oh, Middleton, Middleton. Like, I'm just like yeah. saying because they both had Chris Middleton shirts on. Um, but yeah, it was. They were good. They were cool. I when they sat down, we got there early. Um, and I was like, oh, we're gonna be sitting behind these bums the whole game. And they thought it was funny. It, it was, it was, there was some banter back and forth. Yeah, that was yeah. that's always that's always fun enough. if it's fair. Yeah. If you're not being a clown, then it's I think it's fair. 
Um, but really also, you move. showed up to the garden with three Bucks jerseys on for a game right. seven. You deserve to get chirped. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I think a really funny move is to, like, pregame do that. Do the, like, oh, these yeah. bums. Ha <laughs> Hey. Hey, you're all good, buddy. Hey, once that buzzer starts, though, like, hey, watch out. And then actually flip a switch when yes. the buzzer starts. Yeah. And, like, be no, like, I, get yeah. in their face. And yeah, I was I, doing a couple of close claps, kind of uh, a little oh, closer geez. to. Yeah, some close claps. Wow. Nothing crazy, though. But you got to uh, feel like if you're going to go into the opposing arena for a game seven, you're going to get it. And, like, I don't, I don't want that to ever go away. I don't want it ever to go away that you're not mocking fans of a team. That's coming to your arena for a do or die game, um, but yeah. no, they were they were cool. Uh, lastly, there were a good amount of Inside the Monster listeners at the game. Chopped it up with some some people that love the show, that have been tuning in, that have been dedicated. You guys are awesome. This city's awesome for sports, man. I'm telling you, I'm the first one to say it. Nobody's it talking is, about it. it I, no one else has ever brought this up. Boston and sports, dude, it's just like the best combo ever. I have, I got to say, Joey, there's a lot of times where I kind of sit back and I'm like, I'm just so thankful that I was born in the Boston area to experience these elite sports moments. Like there, it happens so often here and it's just, I don't want, I mean, we're homers and that's fine. It's just different here. Like, you go on the road sometimes, and it's not quite the same. Like, it really was life or death in there for thousands and thousands of people today. And that mentality is just infectious, and it pours out into the streets. And I had never really seen that before. Causeway was nuts. People all over the place. People climbing on on the light posts and stuff. That was That was incredible. So, Boston fans... It's just hard to top, man. That intensity is hard to top. You come here from Milwaukee, get ready. Get like that's yeah. you're getting destroyed, and that's what happened uh, today. Celtics Can destroy you? the Bucks. Giannis was worn down. He's an all-time player, but he didn't quite have it today. No. Um, can you imagine not only just being from another city that doesn't have great sports teams? You know, like if you're from like Minneapolis, you know, but. Yeah. Can you imagine being from somewhere that like, doesn't have any affiliation? Like, let's say oh, we God. were born in Jackson, Mississippi. And it's like, I guess, like, the Braves are 250 miles away. I think it's more than that. I just, I tried yeah. to shoot high. I think that's really low. Like, the closest teams are Atlanta, maybe Jacksonville, maybe New Orleans. But they're all, like, equidistant from you. And, like, you don't really have an affiliation no, I can't imagine life like that, dude. It's just crazy. It's crazy how much sports are a part of our life and how much there are people that don't feel. I'm always blown away whenever I talk to someone who, who's like, oh, oh, like you do baseball stuff. Oh, the season started up, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, are you insane? This is crazy, you know? That was yeah, every Uber, awesome. Uber driver I had in, in St. Pete. <laughs> None of them knew the season started. Um, oh, cool. But nice. no, I mean, it's just a big part of it, Joey. And I think you alluded to it a little bit is that this is mainly a New England thing. Like, we, mm. for the most part, unless you got, you know, some people that are here from out of town, which always happens, that live here, but it's all Red Sox, Celtics, Patriots, Bruins, and it's all in it together. Like, this this will dictate our moods for a long time, depending on the result. And... I'll tweet about it a lot, but I just can't imagine a world where that's not the case. Like, if sports didn't exist, I feel like I'd be a waste of a human. Like, I I feel like I'd be just so useless. <laughs> I, I really just still, don't. Just sitting somewhere watching Jurassic Park again. Somewhere yeah, else. I'm <laughs> like, I'm just memorizing all the lines to, like, the second Jurassic Park. I, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's insane to think the people that this week, seven game sevens this weekend, Joey, yeah. And there's people out there that were like reading books. Like I, I just <laughs> I love that I love that you just separated sports fans and book readers. Like, I don't mean to no do that. Overlap. I'm just I'm no just way there's overlap. No, I'm just saying I'm trying to I'm 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 comparing like intensity to like a chill read of a book. Like I, it's more mm-hmm. the pace and, mm-hmm. and and the vibes. Um but yeah, shout out to all Boston sports fans, I just love this, man. Shout I just the, the vibes are immaculate around here right now, and hopefully that rubs off on the Sox a little bit. Coming off a series win, obviously it's tough. The Bruins season is over, but hopefully Bergie's back and uh, 
you know, they, they run it back again. But it's just a fun time, man. It's a fun time in the city. Eastern Conference Finals. Got the heat coming to town. I feel good about it. The Astros are coming to town. I feel good about it, even though they've won 12 yeah. out of 13. We'll see what happens there. But, um, yeah, man, episode 14 in the books. Yeah. Um, quick little thing I wanted to mention. Uh, the Red Sox put a video on their YouTube of Ortiz touring the Hall of Fame. Uh, if you got 18 minutes, I'd check it out. It was awesome. Uh, he had a cool story in there, Steve. I did you watch it, Brendan Chance? No, I'm gonna. No? Uh, you should. He had a really cool story in there. Um, in 04, uh, mid-season, I guess uh, David's dad, weird calling him David, uh, David Ortiz's dad. Yeah, it's visited. funny. It's like he's named David. I, I forget that a guy that named that Dave. That sounds stupid. People, yeah. yeah <laughs> no, he's a guy weird. named David. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. He's Poppy. And uh, so Poppy's Poppy went to the hall and uh, held, uh, like, sent a picture to David holding the, uh, uh, like, a Babe Ruth used bat. Yeah. And said, uh, like, this is the year, break the curse. And that's. And I don't know if you remember this, 2004, same year, they did. So, oh, wow. I'm going to have to yeah. watch this so I know what happened in 2004. Yeah. I got no idea. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was a really cool thing. If you got a couple minutes, I'd, I'd check it out. Real closing thought here, or just fi final closing thought amongst a, a handful. The Red Sox YouTube is incredible. They, get they some do good stuff on there. an yeah. A-plus job. I'm sure Kellen has a lot to do with it. Uh, I need to find out who else has a hand in it just to give them props because the mic'd up stuff, the montage -y stuff, uh, any, you know, following a player uh, on their day off and following that makes it seem like they're like tailing them like, yeah. <laughs> like no, from the bushes yeah <laughs> yeah when they spy on the players that's some of the best videos they post <laughs> no when they're you know with with jd and xander and these guys like it's the youtube is incredible and i highly recommend you guys check that out if you haven't but that'll do it for episode 14 for joey capone i am steve peralt go Sox kid Inside the Monster is a production of Odyssey in partnership with the Boston Red Sox. The show is produced by me, Steve Peralt. Our executive producer is Lena Glazer, mixing and video editing by Joey Capone. Special thanks to the Red Sox and Major League Baseball for their contributions to the production of this podcast. Mm -hmm.